Episode 59 features teacher and coach Brittany Lytle. I've known Brittany and her family for a long time. After all, like so many of our other guests, Brittany has grown up in Talmadge. She went through Talmadge City Schools, and now she's a teacher at Talmadge High School. Over the past year, I have worked a ton with Brittany during the school day. She's one of our intervention specialists, and her room is right down the hallway from my office. There isn't a day that goes by where I don't stop by her room to listen to her laugh and banter with her students. Her classroom is a room of energy and positivity, and it fills my bucket just to swing by and listen to her teach. It's the same energy and positivity that she brings every day to the softball field as our girls' head coach. As our head coach, Brittany has poured her heart and soul into coaching our young women. She coaches softball year-round. She is dedicated to her craft. This past season was a dream season for her, our girls, and our school in that our team won the Division II State Championship. Not only that, but Coach Lytle was then recognized as the Greater Akron-Canton High School Sports Award Female Coach of the Year. I thoroughly enjoyed interviewing Coach Lytle. Honestly, it is a long episode. The first half we talk about her role as a teacher, and then the second half we chat all about softball. I loved every second of it, and I know you will. This young lady is amazing. This is the final episode of season four. Season five of Between Two Blue Devils will resume in the fall. Until then, be sure to check out all the other episodes and hear more amazing stories. Thank you for listening. Now turn up the volume, prop your feet up, and get ready to meet Coach Brittany White. Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Between Two Blue Devils. And today, uh, I'm, I have a guest. I have like it, it, it's celebrity status here. <laughs> I have a coach who has a state championship on her resume, and I'm super excited to uh, have Coach Lytle here with us. Uh, but most importantly, I'm just excited because I have just deep respect for this young lady and who she is, at, not only as a coach, but most importantly, who she is as a person and as an educator. And I'm excited to share her story with our listeners. I think there's a lot about Coach Lytle that a lot of people don't know. And I'm, I'm excited to give them a peek into who you are. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah. So it, <laughs> it is, uh, you know, it, it, we were just talking a moment ago before I started recording about how interesting it is to hear stories and I do get sucked into the stories and that oftentimes is what contributes to the length of the episode Mm -hmm. because I just am intrigued by who who are the people who are teaching our kids who are leading our kids who are contributing to our our community and um and I love it so much that's why I've been so excited to have you here I'm excited to hear your story and to hear who you are and um how you got to where you're at so (laughs) You ready to talk a little bit? Yeah, of course. So I want to begin with this question. You've lived in Talmadge all your life, haven't you? Yes, yes. I've lived in Talmadge, yeah, my entire life, I think. Grew up, went to Talmadge schools, played Talmadge Little League, so I've been here my entire life. And then I came back to teach here, so come full circle. (laughs) And coach here. (laughs) And coach here. Again, it's one of those constant themes. Every guest, it seems like, that I have here is so closely connected and embedded into Talmadge. And once you live here, you 
may think when you graduate high school that you want to leave, but then you eventually find your way back. I remember saying that when I graduated from college. I was like, I'm when I was looking for jobs, I was like, I, I'm not going back to Talmadge. Like, I don't need to go back to Talmadge. And I definitely don't want to teach high school. <laughs> and then I ended up teaching at Talmadge High School. I remembered House House called my dad and was like, hey, Britt just graduated with her um, special ed degree, right? And he was like, yeah. And he's like, oh, I have a job opening. Tell her to apply. And of course, I took the job because it's House and I couldn't say no. Um, I was excited. I was like, yeah, I mean, I guess it worked out because I lived at home for a little bit, yeah. which was like super nice that I could just save money and live at home, and it worked out. So here I am. <laughs> wow. So I I want to hear more about that, but I don't want to open the book to that page just yet. <laughs> so, it, it, but it it is so funny how many people just end up back at Talmadge. Yeah. But let, let's go back to the beginning. So you grew up in Talmadge then? Yes. Yep. And you are at. T- tell me about your experience at. Talmadge, Talmadge City Schools. What are some, when we, we started reflecting about this interview, what are some things that you were thinking about your experience when you came through Talmadge City Schools? So actually, so I went to a private, I went to St. Matthew's and then okay. I came here in fourth grade. Right. Um, so I like knew nobody really. I mean, only my friends that I played softball with because I played Little League here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I just, I've always, I feel like that's why I wanted to be a teacher. I feel like I've always had great teachers through Talmadge and it's funny like listening to like some of our students that like well for lack of a better term complain about teachers that they've had and I'm like (laughs) it's so funny because I remember doing that but like they really honestly like made me want to be a teacher Mm. like as much as like they're kind of it's it's annoying like as you're going through but like they made me want to be a teacher. So, I mean, and it's always just been like like a close-knit mm-hmm. community. Like all of my good friends, like I still met like through growing through up through Talmadge, like softball and in school, like I'm still really close with. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I just, I've always had great teachers and great experiences and even like, I mean, house, love house. So <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't love house? I know. Like he's like the face of Talmadge High School. So. <laughs> Um, no, yeah, I just, I don't know. I've always had, I've never had any bad experiences through, through school. And I just, we are, we have a great community, which yeah. I know we, people have probably talked about before, but like, just, there's always something going on and there's always things to like little things to do, like mm-hmm. whatever the festivals are or whatever. So it was interesting. Like, I, I just, um, finished a day and a half of jury duty <laughs> and I'm sitting down there and, um, I was juror number six. And juror number five uh, was this young lady who was a teacher in one of the uh, local schools, but they just moved to Talmadge. And so we struck up a conversation about why. And she's like, well, first of all, you know, the schools are wonderful. The community, you know, they wanted their kids to have that small community uh, sense of belonging. And there's just always something special going on. And so they were pretty excited. They've been living here not long. Uh, and their kid is two, and they're like, pretty soon our kid's going to be, you know, going into the, the schools and yeah. enjoying the, the wonderful school system that we have. I don't know. I just, I mean, like, I, we always, we lived in, like, a small neighborhood, and all my friends, like, lived nearby, and I just remember, like, it's a safe neighborhood, so mm-hmm. I just ran around with my friends. Like, I don't know. It was just easy to ride your bike to your friend's house, and it's just, like, the small community and this, like, small town feel. Yeah. Um, I love Talmadge. It is a beautiful <laughs> thing. And it, it's one of the reasons why, I, and I know I've said this quite often, but it's why we moved to Talmadge. Yeah. Uh, you know, I went to a, a private school, but I d- didn't have the small town, small community feeling to it. We yeah. had kids coming from, you know, five different counties, it seemed like, you know, yeah. so we never had that close-knit feeling. 
And I really wanted my, our kids to, to have that and to enjoy it. And my daughter, who you know graduated a couple years ago, I mean, it's one of the things she talks about, her little league experience, mm-hmm. you know, her youth basketball experience, her school experience. It's that just that close-knit feeling that, that just kind of makes you yeah. all warm inside. <laughs> but, yeah, as warm as I can be. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> so let me, you, you mentioned a couple times that there were a lot of people that inspired you to become a teacher. When did you feel the calling of, of becoming a teacher? I mean, I... This sounds ridiculous, but I've, and I know that sounds cheesy, but I've always wanted to be a teacher. Really? Like I remember, so, and I know this is probably coming up, but there's a lot of teachers like in my family or people that were like really close to Mm -hmm. education. So like my grandma was a superintendent um, at Kent City Schools. My grandpa was a principal at Coggle Falls. My other grandma was my preschool teacher. And then my aunt was a special ed teacher at Stowe. My uncle still teaches at Stowe. So like... I don't know. I've always it's in been the around blood. it. Yeah, I've always been around it. And then um, from a young age, I started like really being interested in going to work with my aunt um, at Stowe and kind of like shadowing her. So I have vivid memories, and my mom will tell you this as well, like making my siblings come home from school and playing school, like forcing them here. to play school. Like I <laughs> Just was what like, they want to do after yeah, school. Yeah, <laughs> I was like 10, 11, 12, and like we had like a full-size chalkboard, a full-size whiteboard. I remember making cop like my dad had a copier or printer or whatever, like making copies of like times tests, and I would like make my sister take them. Really? <laughs> she has vivid memories, like, and I would grade them. Memories like, or nightmares? No, probably <laughs> nightmares, but that I always say like that's why she's so smart and so successful. <laughs> I'm like, because I started you young, but I – Like literally I was like 10 and I was like making my siblings like play school when they got home from school. So I don't know why I just always wanted to be a teacher. And then when I started like shadowing my aunt in the field of like special education, I was like, this is what I want to do. So I knew going into high school that I wanted to be a teacher. Really? Yeah. And do you think you kind of, you know, you're shadowing your aunt and you're exposed to, uh, kind of the struggles and um, kind of the daily grind of being a special ed teacher. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, were you locked in on being a special ed teacher? Yeah. I feel like my personality is very um, much like my aunt's as mm-hmm. far as like, like I'm, I'm outgoing and I, you know, I'm carefree, but I like, I like things how I like them and mm-hmm. I will make sure that thing that rules get followed. And um, I just it very much aligned with being a special ed teacher mm-hmm. And like I said, our personalities are very diff- are very similar. So I was like, I could see myself doing that, and mm-hmm. I just have always, I've like always wanted to do it. I don't know. I just it just happened, and I like I just knew that that's what I wanted to do. It, it is amazing to watch you work. I mean, I highlight my relationship with you and my exposure to what you do on a daily basis as as one of the the perks of this past year in my new role. Because up until this year, I mean. I knew who you were and what you did, but I never got to see you in action. I never got to see you interact yeah. with the kids. Um, you know, a lot of the kids that you're dealing with on a daily basis, you know, I, I have you great relationships, <laughs> great relationships with, but I, I just love the energy that you have in your room and the patience. I mean, that's one thing I've learned from you, uh, you know, to be patient you always have a smile on your face. And, uh, and I, I walk in, you know, for our listeners, uh, 
you know, coach's room has two doors. So I'll walk in one door, which would be kind of the back of her room and I'll hear her talking. I'll hear you talking to the kids and I'll hear the kids respond and I'll be like enraged <laughs> and you just laugh and you just blow up. You just keep moving through. And I'm like, Oh, okay. That's how I should handle they, conflict a little bit better. Well, I know. And it took me, I mean, they, a lot of the times they just want a rise out of, out of me. Yeah. So I just roll right past it. And I'm like, I have to pick and choose my battles, which is, something that it's taken me a while to yeah. to figure out but it's funny because i don't really have patience for a lot of things but i have an overabundance of patience for them and i don't know why that happens i just like i mean there's probably like in my head i'm like oh yeah <laughs> but like i just i don't know i know that i they'll keep coming back if i just keep showing them mm-hmm. love and compassion and eventually they're going to follow the rules as long as you know i stay consistent and i keep showing them that i love them and i care about them so i I love (laughs) you know what i I think uh it's just powerful to hear that you love them and that you care about them and and i think for a lot of the students that you're involved with just hearing that somebody loves them goes a long way yeah you know you often talk a lot about the culture in your classroom and the relationships that you have with your kids. Yeah. Um, where, where did you learn that from it? Was that your aunt or, I mean, this emphasis on building such positive relationships? Yeah. Um, I don't know, I guess probably, well, my aunt, yes, because I mean, with this population of students that we have, that's such a huge piece because they come from, you know, not so great, area they're not so great families all the not all the time but sometimes so just like having that one person that like is they're able to build a relationship with um but also Celia Bowser (laughs) um that's like her go-to is just like building relationships with kids Mm -hmm. um and I've learned a lot from her and from Darcy Mm -hmm. um about like their culture and their classroom and like how like relationship building that has to happen first before mm-hmm. like anything else is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so as, as painful as it can be and like listening to like some of the things that the kids have the nerve to say to us or mm-hmm. whatever, like it's kind of, okay, like we're going to hash that out later, but like just know that I still love you and I'm, I'm still going to show up for you tomorrow. Yeah. And they really, they'll end up falling in line with that. And that is, you know, I, I attribute that to Celia and Darcy for sure. Oh yeah, they're they're total rock stars. <laughs> yeah. That's for sure. I've learned so much from the two of them as well. Uh, it was interesting because this morning um, I was reading, and um, it was talking about. I have my notes here somewhere, but I'm going to paraphrase. Basically, talking about how you cannot take behavior personally. That when a person, like it was geared towards adults, but like yeah. in our case with kids. When there's an outburst and when there's a, a negative and kind of a, for lack of a better word, kind of an aggressive response, yeah. it's not usually a response to the immediate action. It's something else that's going on. Right. You know, it's that, that buildup of whatever it is that they're experiencing, you know, outside of school or on social media or internally. Yeah. And, and it builds up and then you just happen to be the the recipient of that response because you're in close proximity and you're the most consistent person there exactly and that's something that i feel like again that i've learned along the way is to not take things personally um my early years of teaching i feel like i would and i would like dwell on 
what I did to this student to make mm-hmm. them want to act that way or make them want to have this outburst or whatever. Um, but like the more that I've gone on, I'm like, there's something else going on. Like it's, it, they're not mad that they have to get out a calculator. Mm-hmm. They're, they're upset about something else in their life, whether so probably something that I have no, I like I couldn't even imagine like going through that as a 15, 16 year old. Um, but like most of the time it's something else that we, I mean, we've don't, we don't experience. Right. Um, so I've, I've learned that as well. And it's, it's still hard. Like I feel like to kind of get into an argument, I guess, for a lack of a better term with a student that you care so much about and you feel like you have a relationship, but I've learned that it's going to happen with all students as if you're pushing them and they, you know, pushing them to do the right thing and yeah. pushing them to get things done and follow rules. There's going to be at some point you're going to butt heads or at some point you're going to disagree. So, um, but I have to, I did have to learn to like not take it so personally yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah. You learn real fast that you have to have thick skin. Yeah. And, uh, I, I love that you extend so much grace in your classroom. You know, you, you hold your kids accountable, you have high expectations, uh, but you also extend grace and second and third and fourth <laughs> opportunities to kind of meet, meet the expectation, yeah. you know, for so many of our kids, you know, no matter what classroom we're in, you know, a lot of times they, they aren't accustomed to being held yeah. to an expectation. And so teaching them that adult trait, you know, cause that's, that's the real world. Exactly. And that's, yeah, a lot of them don't have, you know, like high expectations that they have to follow at, at home or they have, well, you know, like they've get, they've gotten away with a lot more than I or other teachers in this building let them. So I mm-hmm. feel like that, you know, them learning that kind of like along the way kind of sets them off here and there, but they're better for it by the time they graduate. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So when you, uh, when you think about past teachers in your life, I, let's kind of hone in on this, this personal relationship aspect. So okay. you, you talk about the importance of those in your family who've modeled excellence in, you know, the world of education. Have there been other teachers that you've had, that you had as a student that, um, kind of embraced relationships with you and they prioritize relationships in the classroom so that when you look back on your experience in their classroom, you're like, man, I really want to be a lot like them or I want to model that or that really meant a lot to me. Yeah. Um, I loved Joyce Conway. (laughs) She was by far like my favorite teacher at the high school. Hmm. Um, she's just, I mean, she's amazing at what she does, but like she actually, like she does care. She'll sit with you one-on-one and like until you understand what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, so I've always had like a great relationship with Joyce and it's weird calling her not Mrs. Conway still six years later. (laughs) Um, and also like Julie Hedrick. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had her, I was her yearbook editor for two years, but I've always had a good relationship with her. Um, and she's always been one to kind of like, you know, build those relationships. And it's kind of more of like a fun environment. But like she still holds like holds us accountable mm-hmm. as far as deadlines go. But yeah. like it's still able to like have fun with us. And um, and Joyce was the same way. But those two for sure. Um, Norma Hirschberger. I loved her. Loved her. Oh, she's. Yeah, she was amazing. <laughs> she's, yeah, she was probably. Those are my like three that I like still to this day, like remember like certain instances in their classroom. And hmm. I'm like. I love them. Like, I just, I don't know what, like just their energy and like the way that they interacted with me and just, those are my, those are my three that I, (laughs) Oh yeah. Three, three incredible educators. So this past year in my, in my new role, um, 
I was tasked with having to observe Joyce. I'm like, you want to talk about an awkward feeling? You're walking into a master teacher's classroom and I'm supposed to, you know, observe her. I sat there just in awe. It's the first time I've ever been able to sit in her classroom and just listen to her teach. Uh, You know, my kids had her and loved her. And, you know, you always hear such amazing things about her. I mean, she's been teaching for... A long time. Like a long, (laughs) a long time. And with, you know, I think she's going to continue to teach. And for our listeners, I'm sure like 90% of the people listening probably had Mrs. Conway. I was going to say, I know my aunt had Mrs. Conway. Yeah. If you haven't had (laughs) Mrs. Conway, she is an absolute legend. And she is known all over the nation uh, for her expertise in the teaching field. But I sat there in her classroom, and I just loved the way that she conducted class. And one thing jumped out at me in particular was her little caring chair that she had in the front of her classroom. (laughs) And she kept calling the chair sitting next to her desk the caring chair. And I was sitting at a table with a group of kids, and they were all juniors. It was their ACT prep class. Yeah. And she was laying out the the objectives for the day and what the kids were going to be doing in their little families and their little pods and all that. (laughs) And everybody was on task and everybody knew their routines and they were all doing what they were supposed to do. And then she said, and then I'll be calling a few of you up to sit in the carrying chair so that I can work with you individually. And all these big, I had a bunch of football players at my table and they're like, I want to go to the carrying chair. I want to sit in the carrying chair. And it was just awesome to see it. They desired her attention. Yeah because of the relationships that she has built with them. Yeah. And she, yeah. And she does take that time to like work one-on-one and she always, I mean, I, I remember, Yeah, we, we didn't call it the caring chair, but I remember her like working with us one-on-one. Yeah. And like I had, I had her for AP stats. And so like, I, I just, I don't, I will never forget like her just taking the time to sit with me one-on-one, which is why I try to do a, a lot of those things as well. Um, to give those students like one-on-one attention, especially when yeah. they need extra assistance, but yeah, she's awesome. So (laughs) when she is, she really is a legend. Uh, when you look back at your time as a teacher, what are, what are some of your, your favorite moments as, as an educator? Oh gosh. Um, well, aside from just, you know, building relationships with, you know, students that probably don't have the best relationships with other teachers in the building, Mm -hmm. um, or the best track record with other teachers in the building. Um, (laughs) that's probably like my favorite thing is to just kind of like break through with those students Mm -hmm. and like kind of be that person for them. Um, But then, I mean, I'm not going to say the student's name, but this was like my first, like, Oh my gosh, I I can, I'm good. Like I can, I can do this. Like really the student was not on any way, shape or form track of graduation Uh and just like um, getting them to get across the stage. Like I feel like, I I still like I feel like I'll get emotional about it. Like he was like my baby. Like yeah. I was like I can do this. Like wow. I so like I and he was one that, you know, was in trouble quite freq- like quite frequently. You know, we had to have a lot of meetings for the student. Um but when he walked across the stage, I was like, okay, I'm pretty good at what I do. <laughs> yeah. So That's that's amazing. You know yeah. what? For clarification, can you kind of elaborate a little bit on on what it is that you do and what like kind of what your daily looks like? Yeah. So, well, I'm an intervention specialist, so um, it kind of depends. Um, we do a lot of like co-teaching or inclusion classes where um, I'm like 
pushing into classes um, like gen ed classes that are taught by gen ed teachers and then we kind of provide that support to not only our students um, that receive services but any any student that mm-hmm. is struggling I always offer to you know work one-on-one with or pull during academy so providing like accommodations to our students with services but also like you know if, if they're missing an assignment like getting those students in and working on them during academy because typically when we're pushing pushing into inclusion classes it's it's I would say 25% of students on IEPs are with services. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, I mean, that's being generous. Sometimes it's even more. So to help out that gen ed teacher and kind of like take equal responsibility for those students and kind of get them caught mm-hmm. up. Um, also, like I, I have taught a resource room where it's fully a class of students with services. Um, I teach math, like resource. I would not teach anything else. Math is where my heart is. Um, I, I not do, history? I like, oh, no, not history. I do like English, and so I've done a lot of co-teaching with English, but math is like where my specialty is. So I'll teach um, like math resource where I have like a, a significant size group of kids, probably I think I had 11 this past hmm. semester, um, of students that all very much struggle in math. And so I'm kind of taking the standards and um, – we hit the same standards. It just takes us kind of a little bit longer. So yeah. I'm like doing a lot of extra practice, which again, I've learned from Celia and Darcy, you know, just like we're hitting the same things. It just takes them a little bit yeah. longer. Um, so I'm like creating different like practice activities and different like assessments to kind of see like where they're at. Um, but I really have time to like work one-on-one with those kids um, that are struggling mm-hmm. in those classes. Um, I think that's pretty much it. I mean, I do. I write IEPs. Obviously, we have a caseload of students. Mm-hmm. Um, each intervention specialist here has um, a caseload of students. This year, we had like thirteen to fourteen students that were kind of responsible for like tracking their progress, um, track like collecting data on their IEP goals, mm-hmm. meeting and contacting families throughout the year, and kind of just being that support person for those students. Yeah. I mean, I check their grades every Friday. I contact teachers if they're you know if they're failing or have a D. I contact, is there anything I can do, even if I'm not in that class, is there anything I can do with them during academy? Because mm-hmm. I know not all of our like elective teachers have an intervention specialist mm-hmm. in there. So it's hard for them to kind of get all of those kids on the same page. So I always reach out. That's why I check their grades every Friday because I do you guys need anything? Like I can pull them yeah. during academy. I can give them a, a retest. I can work on their, like whatever. So, um, but I think that's all. <laughs> That's all. Yeah, that's and, all. And deal with behaviors. And, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And what, that's what, you know, while you're talking, that's what I'm thinking about too. Cause I know I'm oftentimes finding you in one of your classrooms and saying, Hey, listen, I'm dealing with this student. <laughs> yeah. uh, can you give me some input, some advice? And then, then we pull you into these different meetings and I listen to you uh, talk a lot like an administrator and you just, you, you know, you know how to advocate very well. And to think outside the box for our kids. Yeah. I feel like you have to get a little bit creative. Yeah. I mean, especially with some of like our gen ed teachers, it's kind of like finding like a, like a happy medium. Mm -hmm. Like they don't fully, some of them don't fully understand our world just as I fully don't understand their world. And so kind of coming to terms with, okay, like ultimately we, we have to help this kid Yeah, and you know, this is what's going to be best for them. So like, how can we make that happen? <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, it's interesting that you'd say that because I know, you know, last year being in the classroom, I, I had no clue. 
Uh, I had a little bit more of a clue because of COVID and my room got moved right here to the community room. Yeah. And so then being in, in the 1200 hallway and just listening and watching and observing. <laughs> hearing us yell. <laughs> <laughs> hearing you yell, hearing yeah. a lot of laughter, yeah. you know, hearing a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of um, camaraderie amongst, yeah. you know, people in the hallway just trying to figure things out. I began to realize, like, I had no clue what was going on in a whole different, you know, wing of the building. And now especially just seeing that there really is, there needs to be a clearer understanding of exactly what um, you're doing in the special ed world versus what's going on in the gen ed world. Right. It's, it's two different ball games. Yeah. And, and it's, yeah. And it's like, if you haven't experienced it, if you're, it's, it is hard. I mean, it's hard to like, for some like gen ed teachers to understand, like, how are we holding the kids accountable? Mm-hmm. And then and it's hard for me to understand like, well, this is all that they can do. Yeah. So we have to figure out a way. I uh, 100% I want to hold them accountable. That's not like we all want to hold them accountable, but ultimately what can they do to mm-hmm. get across the stage? Like, yeah. <laughs> so. Well, and again, it boils down to uh, a key phrase, a key concept that you brought up earlier, relationships, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as, as a staff, and no matter what building you're in, it's important that staff members have solid positive relationships and they they understand context right you know and that's part of the reason why I was excited to have you on here you know to share your story because a lot of people don't know what your day looks like yeah um it can be a little crazy it is but that's another reason why I decided to be a teacher because every day is different yeah like I'm never going to be doing the same thing day to day to day so (laughs) you just never know what you're gonna get we don't know who's gonna be in what kind of mood yep who's showing up for school (laughs) it's kind of funny uh, the other day I was doing just a little bit of research online and just looking up like assistant principal hacks and things like that and I found this guy who posted his like daily you know sheets on like teachers pay teachers for administrators and he he's listing out everything that he's doing throughout the day. And I'm like, whoa, this isn't going to work for me. I, I can come in and I think my day is going to go one direction and it ne- it never does. There, yeah. it, you, There's no rhyme or reason to what your day looks like. Yeah, it can be a little chaotic. <laughs> it, it's funny. I've picked up on themes though. Like it seems like every day has a certain theme and there seems to be some continuity between that. Like on Monday, it's usually I'm wearing my counselor hat. Yeah. You know, I'm just kind of helping kids settle down from the, you know, the weekend yeah. and then, and then by Friday, then it's hardcore, you know. <laughs> and you have your hard, hard hat on. <laughs> yeah, so, well, I just, I, I, you know, as you're telling me about that, that student um, and the, just the, the emotion that you felt and the emotion I could see in your face as that young man walked across the stage, knowing all the work that you put into, you know, helping them succeed and helping them become better versions of themselves. I mean, what, what a reward it is yeah. to see after four years. Yeah, and he actually reached out to me. Well, he came to the building, which also made me laugh this year, Um, showed up to say hello. And in my mind, I'm like, you didn't want to come to school when you went here. And now you're coming when you're graduating. That's the power of a positive. So he did come to say hi. Um, I think I was either in a meeting. I don't know, but I didn't get to see him. Um, And then he called my school phone. Um, And so, like, I had caught up with him and. He has my number now, so I'm like, oh, like, how's it going? Like, yeah. and so he's working two jobs, like, so I'm like, good for him. I like, I just loved to know that he's, you know, contributing, staying out of. I was like, you're staying out of trouble, he's staying out of trouble. But I just thought it was funny that he like, you don't want to come when you, when you had to come, but mm-hmm. now you just want to pop into school. 
Well, you know, the brain is maturing, yeah. and you know that's 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 a good reminder that a lot of our kids don't understand um, what a blessing it is to be in a school where you know teachers. We all just love our kids, like you know, teachers, administrators. That are, every person in this building loves our students. I know. And I I try to like tell the kids that like you're gonna miss us. Yeah. I, I'm. I'm being totally transparent with you, you're going to miss us. <laughs> like this is like a safe bubble that you have yeah. here. And like everybody in this building cares about you. And like that doesn't always take place in the real world. So mm-hmm. you're gonna wanna come back. I'm telling you. <laughs> if I could go so, back to high, I mean, I don't know if I'd go back to high school, yeah. but but I always I don't, yeah, I don't like, know if I go back You're that gonna far, miss us. Yeah. Like the first couple of years out, I feel like you're you're kinda like, well, what do I do? Yeah. So you're gonna miss us. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, and at some point in their lives, your students are going to come to the realization that the life skills that are helping them survive the real world, they learn in your class. I mean, I walk by and you might be coaching them up in math, but you know, then I hear, I hear etymology and I hear English and I hear balancing a checkbook and I hear, here's how you say hello. And here's how you give a firm handshake. And here's how you survive, uh, you know, an interview and here's how you sell yourself and how you dress. I mean, I hear everything coming from your room yeah <laughs> and it's uh you know you're you're helping kids become better versions yeah, of themselves it's a good time <laughs> it is do you have any regrets becoming a teacher no I don't think so I do think you know it's hard I mean I feel like when we come back like the first the first month isn't bad but like when we start getting like new students and it's hard to get back into a routine and mm-hmm. I feel like I I wouldn't be telling the truth if I like said like oh god in my mind i'm like god why did i do this (laughs) (laughs) um because there are like really challenging days and i'm sure i mean any educator in this building well any educator across the nation yeah yeah. would understand that and like burnout is real Mm -hmm. um and so i i would be lying if i said i didn't like think about it like did i do the right thing Mm -hmm. but at the end of at the end of the year, like towards you know March, April, May, when they're like I don't know, you can just see them mature the second yeah. half of the year, yeah. and then those relationships are built, and you kind of have those routines, and they're kind of like it it becomes it becomes easier, and then I'm like okay, like this is why, and then graduation comes, and I'm like this is why, mm-hmm. like I love seeing them you know succeed, and I love seeing them mature as the year goes on, yeah. and even coming back the next year, like seeing those kids that I had the year before you know, become even more, you know, mature. So I do not regret becoming a teacher. That's a long answer. Um, But I will say that there have been like very hard days and very hard times as I'm sure any teacher can relate to, but I wouldn't change it. I still love coming to work and seeing the kids that I do. So I, yeah, I get exactly what you're talking about. It's, there are moments where you're just questioning whether you're actually having an impact. Yeah. And you're questioning, am I making, I had many moments this past year where I'm like, am I actually making a difference? Am I actually, um, you know, doing something right? Uh, am I actually wanting to do this, you know, day in and day out yeah. and, and be under, you know, the attack? And um, But then you're right. Then, then all of a sudden that moment pops up and you're just like, oh my gosh, this is yeah. the and greatest like, calling in the world. You're like, okay, I can do this. And I love the people that I work with, honestly and truly. Even the ones that I'm not like close with, like mm-hmm. the one, like I don't know. Everybody, I just there's not one person in this building that I don't like or yeah. get along with. So 
I just, I love the people that I work with. And I do have a lot of close friends that I work with. Well, and that's the thing. You've got a crew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've got a crew. Uh, you know, just before we even started the interview, you said that you went to the game last night. Yeah, it was educators night. So we had a, a group of us went. And so, yeah, we, you know, I have a crew that hangs out outside of school. So, like, I feel like that definitely helps my sanity when I'm here. Yeah. Like, I can shoot them a text or I, like, go to their, well, Carrie and I share, basically yeah. share rooms. So I just go over there and I'm like... <sighs> I mean, I, we have like a, a code word like so you need to go over there because i can't do it no that's so funny um, but that definitely helps i feel like yeah. having like close like colleague relationships yeah. in the building also so you have a lot of admir- admiration for that as well i enjoy seeing you guys support each other and it is it is important um as an educator but you know as a special educator to have people that you can just go you know, get that support, laugh, yeah. chuckle about things, um, and and then hang out with outside of the building. Yeah. So, yeah. well, you are an incredible educator. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're actually going to take just a, a brief um, break here, and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about Coach Lytle, the softball coach. Okay. We'll be right back after this message. All right, we're back, and uh, again, I'm sitting here with Coach Lytle, and you know, I'm super excited that our listeners got to hear who you are as an educator, and there's no doubt that they heard the passion uh, and the conviction that you have as as a teacher. Uh, but now let's switch gears and start talking about something that you're equally passionate about as well. Yeah. And I'm just going to kind of open it up here. You know, you you seem to just have a love of sports in general. Yes. Yes. That's like, I don't know. I've, I've grown up with sports. My grandparents are passionate about sports. My my grandpa, my mom's dad pl- played fast pitch softball. My, my whole family has played softball on that side for sure. But then like even my, my grandpa on my dad's side has season tickets to the Cavs, season tickets to the Browns, season tickets to the Guardians. They go, him and my uncle go like to all the games. So like we're just a big sports family. Wow. <laughs> so you're so the other night um, I took my wife and my son and his girlfriend. We went up to the Guardians game and we're sitting there and we were along the third baseline and – that we were with a, another family. It was like a big kind of a reunion. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people hadn't seen each other for a while. So they're walking in and they're standing up and they're giving each other hugs. And then there are these four ladies like behind me. And all I kept hearing was down in front, down in front, get down. How am I supposed to, you? I can't watch the game. You know, they're going crazy. I'm like, they haven't even thrown the first pitch yet. Uh, the guy's <laughs> the walking. Not even yeah. And I'm like, these ladies are hardcore. And the whole time I'm hearing them, you know, they're, they're, complaining about this or they're you know they're excited about that i'm like this is they are hardcore cleveland fans is that your family yeah that is well i would say that's my grandpa i mean (laughs) me and like my siblings will go i mean i'll go any chance i get um to be honest i must baseball is kind of boring to me (laughs) i know that's like i probably shouldn't say that on the record um but i go and i i enjoy it and so like we're all big cleveland sports fans but my grandpa used to like even though he has like fourth row, like fifty yard line tickets at the Browns game, brings his binoculars. <laughs> Why do you have those? So funny. <laughs> and you're even wearing your Browns gear oh, right yeah, now. Yeah, I have my my Browns. I know I, I I'm a Browns fan. I'd much rather watch football than baseball. I mean, I it's just more interesting to me. I don't know why. Um, 
baseball just slow. <laughs> well, I, it, I, I would have to agree with you there. I mean, I, I like watching baseball. I like having it on in the background. You yeah. know, I'm not going to sit there. Uh, like I know but, what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> going up to the stadium is a beautiful experience. And especially the night that we had the other night, it was like perfect baseball weather. But I do remember thinking many times how thankful I am for that clock that they now have between <laughs> <The> pitches. Pitch <laughs> <clock>. <laughs> yeah. Like speeding this thing up a little bit. I know. Bit. It was, yeah, I mean, it can be a very long, I mean, if it's dollar dog night, then it's worth it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nothing better than us. It was us. not last it, night, but the weather was really nice. We had seats down the first baseline, so it was super nice. But, but yes, my family has just always been super into sports, whether it's, you know, professional or even my grandpa still walks, my grandpa and my mom still walk down the street and watch like Little League games. Aww. Like we just love softball and love well, sports. So. so it's funny because um, there are a lot of family names in, in Talmadge that are kind of synonymous with certain things. And your name is pretty synonymous with softball. Yeah, we, yeah, we well, so... Peterson is like my my grandpa and mm -hmm. my aunt. So she holds my aunt Annie holds a lot of like softball records mm -hmm. here. Um, but the records that she doesn't still have, my sister has. So <laughs> Kirsten has. So it's either Peterson or Lytle. Um, I think there's one other record up there that neither of them hold. But um, but yeah. So Peterson and Lytle are our uh, our go tos when we're talking about softball. <laughs> wow. But yeah, she. Uh, so Annie was by far. She was great. I mean. Kirsten was now better. Everybody, that's the joke in our family. Kirsten's mm. better. Um, but even, so Peggy also played. She was a pitcher. Annie jokes with, with Peg, I was better, which she was. Kirsten <laughs> jokes with me, I was better. She Pitching, I'll give it to her. She yeah. definitely was. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, we're just, we've always been around it, and we love it. <laughs> so were you, uh, when you began, how old were you and began your, your softball journey? Oh, gosh. Probably like five. Five. I, but before that, like I went on like my Aunt Annie when she was on like spring break when she played in college. Mm -hmm. um, I went, We, my, I remember going on the plane to Florida to watch her team play hmm. when I was probably like three, hmm. four. Like there's pictures of me like going. So like there's pictures of me like playing in the dirt at her mm -hmm. game. So like I've always been around it. Yeah. Um, from like birth, but like when I first started playing, it was probably like five. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And so were you wrapped up in like, so you, you did Talmadge Little League and then All-Stars? I did. Yes. <clears throat> I did. Um, I was on All-Stars all, all the years. I know mm -hmm. like minors and majors. Um, and then majors, we, um, we did pretty well in majors. We didn't make it to the World Series, but we went to regionals in Missouri. Um, so that was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. I mean, they talked about that this year at the Little League Parade. Andrew Moore kind of like went through the rundown of my accomplishments in Little League, which was like so long ago. But it is cool for like the younger kids to hear. Yeah. Even like my like my players still like to hear like that I played through Little League and I I was where they were at one point. So like it's pretty cool. Well, you know, when you think about you think about that. Uh, and, and this is one of the things when when we won the state championship and the gentleman from the OHSAA got up there and gave his speech, I had no clue. I mean, yes, softball and baseball are kind of synonymous with Talmadge, yeah. right? But I had no clue the history. As a matter of fact, Mr. Treen and I spent a lot of time talking about that uh, the next day when we were in here just talking about eight state championships, you know, um, being a powerhouse 
some in Summit County being a powerhouse yeah. in the world of uh, women's softball. And then, you know, thinking about your experience, you know, coming up through Little League and then dealing with um, the the excitement, but kind of the anxiety of all stars. Yeah. And then working your way through travel ball. Yeah. Lots of travel ball. And, <laughs> you know, so you get it. I mean, you can completely empathize and share in the experience and then share the history yeah. with, with the with the girls. Yeah. That's a great component to coaching. Yeah. And they, they've like, they know it too. Like they know that. And when we were playing in the, you know, regionals and States and <clears throat> I believe they did like an article that I was there in 2009, we went to the state final four. Mm. And so they did an article on that and they were like, wow, it's come full circle for you. And I was like, yeah, we're going to win it this year. <laughs> <laughs> I want a medal. Um, and then my sister went in 2014 and also lost in the state final yeah. four. So the last state championship that, um, we've won was my aunt was in 1998. Yeah. So it was pretty 26. Like it's, it's just been wild. Surreal. <laughs> I know it is. It's so weird. Um, but yeah, the girls like definitely like are like, Oh, like you've been here before. And I feel like it kind of gave them like a sense of like comfortability. Mm -hmm. Like, and I warned them, I'm like, don't look up in the stands. <laughs> that was like the worst thing. I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they, I, I like warned them what it was going to be like. And, and they, I mean, they handled it well, but they did. It was kind of cool for them. I know that they were like, "Oh, this is cool that you've done this," and and so it was pretty cool. Well, I know when I went out, you know, for the awarding the award ceremony, and I'm standing out on the field, and I look out at the crowd. It's just like this is it. What a beautiful sight! You know, Firestone Stadium was packed. I know, and blue and gold, all blue and gold, <laughs> and it was to see all the fat heads up there oh and all my the gosh, signs. It was so funny, yeah. And that's why, like, one of my interviews was uh, one of the questions that they asked me was <clears throat> about like, um, like our legacy, like the softball legacy, and and how important that is to like our community. And I was like, I, I mean, we, I mean, the town loves softball. We mm -hmm. breed softball players, really. Mm -hmm. um, but like, it says a lot because there was players from that 1981 mm -hmm. up in the stands. Mm -hmm. Like there's players from those state championship teams from 1998 up in the stands. Like they came to watch you because like, it's just like, it comes full circle. And I was like, they will like, these girls will be back yep. even watching maybe their kids play. Yeah. So like, it just like comes full circle. It gives me goosebumps. Yeah. Like, like there was people on those teams that sent me emails to share with the girls. Like, just wishing them luck and like soak in the experience. Mm -hmm. And like, I feel like it kind of like was really real for them. And like, it was cool. Well, two, two things, um, in regards to the, the fans who were present that jumped out at me in the semifinal game, I was sitting, uh, behind Don Duffy and sitting behind, uh, Mr. Shomo, right. They're, they're in the front row and, but to their left were a whole bunch of, young kids right outside your dugout, young men, right? A little baseball, Talmadge Little League baseball players. One of them happened to be a staff member's, uh, Miss Wilmoth's son. Okay, yeah. And so there's like seven or eight of them all standing there, and they're just cheering. And I'm like, how cool is it that these young men, they're not at home playing video games, yeah. or they're not worried about this. They are sitting there engaged in a women's softball game, and they're cheering our young ladies on. Yeah, that's because softball is exciting. It, <laughs> It is exciting. And we really, made it exciting. It, oh, you did. Um, but yeah, there's and yeah, there's so many like little league players that yeah. came out. I coached that 10U team. The, all of my girls were there. Yeah. 
So like it was pretty cool and it's cool for them to see that, you know, this could be me, this could be me. And so it was pretty cool. I mean Well and then the other the other and Don thing Don Duffy is the great. Oh yeah. So <laughs> Don Duffy's yes. He's he's I need to get him on the podcast. You should. He would be great. Yeah, he really would. The other thing that jumped out at me was then during the state final, the state championship, um, I was sitting next to house and then my wife and um, and my daughter and her boyfriend. But then behind me was all of like Talmadge history. I mean, there were just a lot of like really um, influential, you know, his, and I, I don't want to say historic because not all of them are like, you know, they're not. But I mean, it was just neat. It was just like so many people came out to support. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I could sit down with every individual behind me and find out some unique aspect of the history of Talmadge. Absolutely. You know, and I was just like, this is so cool that all of these people are showing the support that they're showing. Yeah, it was, that was like another thing that, like, I still have goosebumps talking about it. Like, You will forever. I know, but like, just like the the people that came to watch, like they were, and like you said, they they are so influential in some way, shape, or form with at least one, two, three of those girls on the team. Yeah. Me, like, Ed Seeker, like yeah. Shannon Adolph played, like Gia played for me, but but like all still all Talmadge softball was in that stadium. <laughs> yeah, it really was. It was cool. Awesome. So let's talk about your journey as a coach. When did you, you know, we talked about when you wanted to become a, a teacher. When did you think about becoming a coach? I have no idea. I don't know the answer to this question. Um, I think it just I mean, I love the sport and I know a lot about it, not to toot my own horn, um, but I've always been intrigued with like the why, like why things are the way they are. Um, and I always, I like to make my own decisions. So mm-hmm. I coached under Ed for a year. Mm-hmm. And then when he said that he was going to retire, I was like, well, maybe, I mean, I know the program. I'm, I think it would be kind of cool. Like I'm here. Yeah. And so why not? And so six years later, <laughs> here you are. Wow. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't think there was any like one like moment that I was like, I, I'm, I have to coach. Yeah. I think it was just more like the opportunity presented itself. And I am passionate about the game and I, I know the game and I was passionate about high school students at the time. I was like, I, I want to have that relationship yeah. with them. Um, and so I like jumped at the opportunity, interviewed, got it. And here we are. <laughs> So before you, you served one year under Ed? Yeah. All right. And then before that, what, what coaching experience did you have before? I mean, really none. I was fresh out of college. So I played four years in college um, at Baldwin Wallace. And I mean, I played four years here. Mm-hmm. So I was coaching. I did coach a little bit like Little League. Like I would volunteer. And yeah. even when I took the job as a head coach, I was still trying to do both just because I wanted my face to be seen. Yeah in like little league yeah um that proved to be a little bit too much (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah i really didn't have any i mean i was just fresh out of college and i was like i have a passion for it i want to do it i know a lot about the game this Mm -hmm. is my philosophy this is what i you know these are my important factors of when i'm going to be as a coach Mm -hmm. and i was lucky enough to get the job wow (laughs) so we were lucky enough to get you (laughs) so let me so let me ask you you mentioned you know like here, you know, you, you talked about your philosophy and some of the um, some of the things that you hold firm to. So think back over all of the coaches that you've had, right? You've had a lot of them. I have. Can you think of any coach that 
had a tremendous influence on you or what, what's a lesson from a coach that you've learned that has made you better? Um, so I would say it was probably my assistant coach at Baldwin Wallace. He has since passed away. Um, but just, I don't, I would get like very down on myself, Mm -hmm. even though, I mean, again, not to shoot my own horn, but I was good. Mm -hmm. But if I'd have a bad game, like I would get really down on myself, but, um, he would always say like, you're, you're still better than 90% of these players Mm -hmm. out here. Like he just preached that mindset in my head. Um, you're still better than 90% of these players out here and you work harder than a hundred percent of the players out Mm. there. So I just, I, I try to like hype my girls up like that. Mm -hmm. Like whether it's true or not, I want them to believe that they're the best. Mm -hmm. And when they believe that they're the best, they practice like they're the best and they play like they're the best. Mm -hmm. Um, so he just really kept me like loose and just like, kind of just like still focus on myself. But like in my mind, I knew that I was, better than a bunch of those girls out there. Whether sure. that's true or not, I felt it because he told me that. Wow. Um, so I just try to do that with the girls. I feel like that's my my biggest thing is just keeping them having fun mm-hmm. because they're, when they're loose and they're like not thinking and I'm telling them like, you are the best. Yeah. Like, you're better than every other team that we face. They play like they're the best. Mm-hmm. So like, that's just like something that I'm like, I just hype them up. I just yeah. keep hyping them up. And so they believe it. And not that it's not true. I think it's true. But <laughs> I want them to just believe it. And then they just they just go out and play. Right. Mindset matters for sure. 100%. Yeah. I You know, it's one of the things that I, I picked up on. You know, when I watch you coach, um, you and even my wife, you know, my wife is she's a college athlete like you and. Um, she played softball and basketball. She's got a state championship in volleyball. But, you know, one of the things that she saw in you that we talked about a lot about is just how much fun you have while you're coaching Yeah. and how you, um, you know, I, I can't think of like specific examples, but, you know, a young lady takes a strike two and then you call her over and you're like, got your hands on her shoulders and you're like, you know, yeah. I can almost hear you say, Hey, forget about the, the swings. Check it out, man. Enjoy the atmosphere. Let's I have fun. I think I told Lexi when she like swung at one pitch and it was like her second strike and I called time and I walked over to her. I'm like, why do you look like you're going to poop your pants? <laughs> like calm down. And I kept telling them like, it's just another softball game. Yeah. Like you guys have played a million. You've played in a million championship games yeah. and travel ball. Yeah. It's just another game. Hmm. And she put the ball in play. I mean, yeah. she, they always perform. I just, and she laughed. That was, I actually got a picture of that. I was like, why do you look like you're going to poop your pants? <laughs> she laughed. <laughs> and that's all I need them to do is yeah. laugh. Just stop taking it so seriously. You play so much better yeah. when you can breathe. Yeah. Like, well, and what a great lesson that transfers over into real life. You know, think about, um, the next time Lexi, you know, 10 years from now, whatever job she's in, she's going to be sitting there. She's like, I can hear coach Lytle asking me right now, right before a big presentation. Why are you pooping your pants? You know, and her so, face is just so serious. Yeah. I'm like, what? it's okay. Like just, you've done this a million times. You've been yeah. here a million times. Yeah. Well, and, you're, you're teaching yeah. them the importance of preparation, the yeah. importance of mindset. Uh, you're teaching them the importance of balance, yeah. you know, uh, and I'm a lot, I'm a lot tougher on them. I feel like when we were practicing and in preseason and stuff, but when we get to games, I just, there's nothing more that I can do yeah. to change what they're going to do in a yeah. game. So like, I'm not going to change your swing in a game. I'm not going to change what you're doing. Just hit, just, just play, yeah. just play. <laughs> I, mean, I, I wish, I wish I would have seen you coach 
in my earlier coaching years because that that was a tough lesson for me to learn um, that all the preparation is done outside of the game. Once the game takes place, now it's them. It's about them, you know. And I, I found myself a lot of times as a coach trying to control things or even trying to coach during the game. And you know, the more I learn and the more I read, it's like, hey, listen, they're not they're not even hearing you. Yeah. You know, this is where you sit back as a coach and you let the kids do their thing and you don't try to micromanage everything that's going on because it's not going to like, you're going to make a couple decisions, which by the way, I know that your softball IQ is through the roof. <laughs> I mean, some of the decisions you were making out there and some of the, I mean, I, I would sit there and I'd look over at my wife, like explain this to me. She's like, oh, this is brilliant. This is what, you know, going on and on. I'm like, oh, okay. Now I see, you know, it's like, <laughs> that was good. That was good. Yeah. So no, and that, that was hard. I mean, that it, it still is hard for me to like, I like remind myself, like, you're not the one playing. Mm -hmm. Like, so inside of me, I was like, I was probably the one that was going to be my pants. <laughs> I was so much more nervous as a coach than I've ever been as a player. Yeah because you don't control anything no. like it's all on them and I hate that like I yeah. I wish I could take some of it off yeah. of them but that's why part of like my mindset is just like try to keep them loose because they're yeah. already putting enough pressure on themselves like I don't need to project my nervousness yeah. onto them so while in my inside I'm like dying because I feel like I'm gonna throw up yeah I don't tell them that yeah <laughs> they don't get to see that sure um but yeah it is it was it's so hard to like to step back as a coach and I'm yeah. like, okay, I'm way more nervous now. Cause I don't have the control that yeah. I did when I was playing. Like yeah. not that. Wow. I what a great leadership lesson though. I just, I, I really enjoy hearing that. And you know, and it is, it is so tough being a coach. You know, I think a lot of times and um, you know, I know I'm probably going to go on a little tangent here, but I think a lot of times people who come and watch our games don't understand how difficult it is to coach high school sports or any any team, but but especially high school sports, and then to be a teacher. Like, you know, in part one, they kind of got a window into what it is that you deal with all day and how emotionally draining it is. Yeah. <clears throat> and then the bell rings at 2.45, and you got to be on the field at 3 o'clock, and you've got to somehow conjure up the energy, and you've got to let the uh, the names you've been called and the battles you've been fighting all day. You kind of got to leave them behind, yeah. and you got to switch gears. How do you make that pivot? Oh gosh, <laughs> I don't necessarily. I feel like I rely a lot on my staff um, for that. Like I I need a bus ride or I need to run to Dunkin' for five minutes and get something to drink just to kind of like not be around people yeah. for like five minutes. Um, but I don't know. I just, I, it's, I kind of like just put it in two different worlds. Like I know, you know, my job here at school, um, whether I have a crappy day or I have a really good day, I have to come back tomorrow. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just kind of like put that in its own little bubble and I'm like, okay, I have a new job. I have, I have a new job to take care of. Um, and I, I think about obviously the girls as well. Like I, uh, I would be doing them a disservice if I let everything that I dealt with during my day as a teacher onto the field. So I kind of just like, I need like five, 10 minutes just to like, so it's not about, it's not about you. huh? Yeah. <laughs> it's right? not really about me. And then it's, I, and I'm like, okay, like these girls deserve yeah. me to be on my game. So I just think about them, I guess. And then, like I said, my staff, I'm like, okay, I need like five minutes. I'll, I'll be like five minutes late, but I'll, I will be there. And I, I need to go to Duncan or something yeah. just so I have like five minutes by myself. But Well, that's incredible self-awareness. And, yeah. you know, you have to have those 
those moments that are distinctly, you know, they're a distinct turning point where you're able to, okay, let's let this go. And now, and I love it. It, you, you're constantly reminding yourself that it it isn't about you. It's about them and it's about their experience and it's about maximizing their time because you know, as an athlete, how short of a period of time this is. Yeah. And that's what another thing, like the population of students that I deal with in the building is way different than the girls that I, Mm -hmm. you know, coach. Um, so I, and I, I love, I love both, but it's just almost two different worlds. Like it's two different groups of students that I'm like, this is my like school group of kids. And not that my softball kids don't come down and say hello during the day. They always do. I'm like, what do you need? (laughs) They're like, we're just saying hi. I'm like, okay, hello. Um, but I kind of, it's like two different, like these are the students that I deal with in the building. And like, these are the students that you know, yeah. students or players, I should say, yeah. that I that I am coaching to a state championship. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I really, they are so much fun. Like yeah. the girl, I mean, I they we get along very well, so like they make it fun. So, yeah. so you uh, the the school bell rings and you let your uh, your staff know, hey, I got to step out for a couple minutes because I got to regroup, and then you head on down to Dunkin' Donuts. What's your uh, drink of choice when you get there? Oh, it just depends on how tired I am. Sometimes I just get like a black coffee with um two pumps right now is the butter pecan sweetener um but i if that's not available then i'll do like the peppermint sweetener um but if it's like during the sea i mean that is like during like preseason when it's like still cold out yeah um during the season i like their refreshers and but the girls always make fun of me because i like literally have to pee within like (laughs) 10 minutes they're like you have to stop drinking those (laughs) so i like all the flavors of the refreshers so like i just go down and get one and then i come to practice and they were like you're gonna have to pee in 20 minutes (laughs) like leave me alone they're just shooting it straight with you So I thought, I'd, you know, you've mentioned Duncan quite a few times. Maybe they're going to pick up a sponsorship for uh, Tommy Softball now and get you all the refreshers you... Uh, I love you, Duncan. You... <laughs> if this gets me a sponsorship, then sign me up. You sound like my daughter. My daughter, I swear, um, we could have put a student, somebody through college with the amount of money that that's spent it at Duncan. Yeah, it's probably like unhealthy the amount of times. I Sometimes I go twice a day. Like sometimes that's, I'll go in the I, morning yeah. and then I have to go before practice or yes. something. Yes, so. my 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 weakness is, you know, Crimson Cup or or hitting up Starbucks. I mean, so. and I I like those too, but Duncan's just Duncan just is so good. Yeah. <laughs> so you uh so then you you show up at practice and then you uh you start coaching away, you you put on a different hat. And you overcome kind of the the fatigue and the anxiety of the day. And then you start leading these young ladies. And you've done an extraordinary job leading them. You know, um, what? let's talk just briefly about coaching in general. You know, as you coach, you experience a lot of highs and a lot of lows. How do you, um, how do you maintain balance? And how do you, I mean, is there, do you, do you consult? Do you have mentors? Do you have people that you kind of confide in? I mean, how do you handle the the ups and the downs of a of a an athletic season? Um, yes, I. So I definitely, obviously, consult my coaches. Um, you know, Ed's been in that position a, a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I played under him, so like he's probably like my go to as far as like venting about the day um, and like running things by. But also Alyssa. Um, my other like varsity assistant, her and I played college ball together. Mm-hmm. And so we've been friends ever since actually she played at Hudson when I played at Talmadge. So we've known each other. Um, so it's basically those two that I'll, I'll kind of like, you know, if I get 
you know, an email or something and I like need to like vent to them or like I'll, we have like a group text. I'll yeah. be like, help. Like, what do we do? Yeah. <laughs> um, Bill's been great. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's always one that I'm like, okay, how should I handle this? Mm-hmm. You know, what, you know, what should I do? Um, and then I do always go back to like my, my aunt Peggy. Mm-hmm. Um, she coached at Stowe for a number of years, okay. high school softball. It's been a while, but I always like, I like to share with her like things that are happening and yeah. she kind of gives me some suggestions and um, so that helps. I have, you know, at times reached out to the, the great Don Duffy. Um, I <laughs> the great Don yeah. Duffy. Um, and just kind of like, but he, him and I, I mean, he was hardcore in his time. So um, he has like very like strict and straightforward answers yeah. and I'm like, um, I don't really know if I would do that, but like, you know, we'll try. Um, so yeah, I would say the number one would be my assistant coaches. Like they're the ones that they live through it with mm-hmm. me. Like they know, you know, what happened at practice, what's happening at games, like kind of like the feel of how things are going more than anybody else. Like yeah. I can't explain that to everybody that I'm asking advice from. Um, so probably they're probably like my most go-to. Yeah. <laughs> do they, do you, do you have, is there a particular coach? You don't have to go by name, but you know, like it's simple yes or no, but I mean, are they courageous enough to say, Hey coach, we don't like this decision or oh, yes. Okay. They, they both, they'll team up on me. Okay. Um, they've done that a couple of times, but I know when, like if I, you know, if I make a decision and they're, they like go talk, they're like talking and I'm like doing something <laughs> at practice and I like look over and I'm like, what? And they're like, well, we were just thinking. And I was like, okay, like let's hear it. And so they'll tell me and I'll be like, mm, no, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, I'll, I mean, sometimes I'm like, okay, like I understand your, your, here's where I'm coming from, which, so we kind of like talk it through. I mean, obviously at the end of the day, it's my decision, but, um, they have, they, they kind of team up against me and they're like, well, (laughs) that's awesome. Um, you need people like that in your life though. Yes, they do. And they do bring like a different perspective. They're like, I understand what you're doing, but what if we think about this? Yeah. And sometimes I, I am like, okay, like maybe let's try it. We'll see how it goes. And I mean. I get humbled very quickly between them from yeah. those two. <laughs> well, you know, just your willingness to listen. Yeah. And, and then to change your mind. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I just... respect both of them a lot. Yeah. So, I mean, they've been involved in the game yeah. a very long time as well. Yeah. So. Um, There's wisdom in numbers. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm here to listen. And sometimes, you know, sometimes I'll try their ideas. But ultimately, <laughs> it's my choice, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> And so, I'm the one that has to take the heat for yeah. it too. So oh yeah, the buck like, stops there. Yeah. The thing. I'm kidding. Yeah. No, but it's true. It yeah. Is, yeah. You know, it's like I we had a conversation. Um, I'm trying to remember who it was who I had this conversation with, but the point was the individual was an assistant and wanted to become a varsity coach. They become a varsity coach and they realized how far the distance is from the first chair to the second chair. I mean, there's a big, big difference. It is. As that head coach, you are not just teaching the game. You are bearing the brunt of, you know, the outcome of every decision that you make. Everything. Everything. <laughs> and so, you know, we, we look back on this past year, this past season, and, um, you know, like any other athletic season, when you're in pursuit of a state championship, there are lots of decisions that are made, and there are lots of... Um, you know, you get lots of positive and negative feedback throughout the year, you know, but you, you've had a historic run. I mean, it's been an unbelievable season. Yeah. Uh, you, you're, you and your, your team, you've kind of reinjected 
um, enthusiasm and passion for softball. I mean, what are, I mean, aside from the fact that we won the state championship, what are some highlights or some key moments throughout the year this past season that maybe, maybe come to mind? Or I know there's probably lots of them, but, you know, think back to your experience this past season and um, what are some things that you're going to forever remember? So I would say our first league game back from our spring trip. First of all, our spring trip is was a blast. I yeah. think the girls really had a lot of fun. Weather was great. Um, but then our first league game back when we beat Aurora. So Aurora ended up winning our league. Okay. Um, but that was like a huge, like that was a game that we had to win to even be like in a contest for the league. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was like, that was a big game. We had a, got a lot of kids in, a lot of kids contributed just like they did all year. Mm-hmm. I mean, I try to get as many kids in as I can without, mm-hmm. you know, without the expense of, you know, losing yeah. a game. But um, so that was like a really fun game. It was a very close game, but the girls put the ball in play and um, it was a fun game. Hmm. Um, I'm trying to think, what are some other, um, you, I can only think of like our recent like tournament runs. Well, sure. I, I mean, it's <laughs> occupying a large part, part of our, uh, our memory. I mean, I just... I will tell you that's one of the things I've, you know, I do admire about, you know, your coaching strategy that you do try to rotate in people as often as possible yeah. uh, to give them an experience and, uh, and an opportunity. And, yeah. um, and I think, uh, you know, some, it could be a, you know, a blessing and a curse, but like, just cause you are an upperclassman doesn't mean that you will find time on the field. Like I ultimately have to put the best nine or 10 kids out there, sure. which is hard. Like, cause there are certain kids that I like want to give them a chance and want them to be on the field. But at, again, what expense, yeah. you know? Um, but you know, when we have a significant lead, I, I love to get the kids in at least for at bats or to pinch run, at least to get them that experience sure. of being in a varsity game. So, and I feel like I did a good job of that this season, like trying yeah. to get them in as I, much as possible. I would agree. I think you did as well. So let me, so let's, let me ask you this. Cause you're right. The season's long and there are just so many things, things to have a tendency to blur to, blur together and then of course your mind is going to be completely occupied with the regional and state you know victories that we had at what point in the year did you think we've got a chance to win state i i knew all year we have a chance to win state i know the girls and i knew you know the group that we had Mm -hmm. like just you know one through 12 yeah we have a solid group of kids um, I think that hope diminished a little when Sydney Becks broke her hand, mm-hmm. Layla broke her wrist, Zoe's out with a shoulder injury. Yeah. And then we're like, what the yeah. heck just happened? Like, um, yeah. And it was like, bam, bam, bam. Yeah. So like, it, that was a lot. And I feel like it kind of like from, you know, I would never, I would never say this to the girls, but like in my mind, I'm like, we're done. Like mm-hmm. there's, you know, we don't have Sid, we don't have Layla, we don't have zoe yeah three three key essentially starters at that time um but the and this is a testament to them like they didn't give up like they i think mentally they were all like what the heck are we gonna do yeah but i think a huge thing was sid coming back being Mm -hmm. able to come back shortly after zoe was done Mm -hmm. um but the second Zoe came in and told the girls that she was done for the season, mm. like you could just see, like everybody just, I think, I think Seek even cried. <laughs> like, yeah. I think everybody was like, oh, what the heck are we going to do? Yeah. Um, but when Sid was able to come back and kind of fill that 
third base role. Mm-hmm. And she's a, she's a third baseman. Um, we just had her in the outfield because just of how things worked. Sure. Um, and that's like her natural position is yeah. third base. And I think once we got her back in that role and saw like, okay, like this can work. Mm-hmm. Like this is good. We, we can do some damage with her here. Um, I think our spirits kind of got lifted a little mm-hmm. bit. We were like, okay, we're working this back in. And then when Layla came back, when she was able to kind of like go full out, I think everybody was like, okay, like we're back on track. Like yeah. this is going to, yeah. So I would love to say like I always knew it, but like at the beginning of the season, one hundred percent. Well, sure. And then we kind of like this, you know. Oh yeah. String of injuries, and then for them to like rally around each other and just kind of like right. not give up in a sense was a t- testament to them and like their passion for wanting the state championship. So yeah. Um, and that was that's been a lot of we've got a lot of questions on like the injuries and like overcoming the injuries and it is it's kind of like shocking because like those were three starters at the time that were all three out. Well, so and I remember when you know so the three girls are out and I'm trying to remember who it was. It might have been Mia. I'm I'm not sure. One of your other starters was, I think they were in slides or flip flops and they're running through the hallway. They're late to class and I'm like, stop. Don't run. Stop running. I'll, I'll let you, you know, I'll walk you to class. We cannot afford another injury. No, we could not. But yeah. And thank God. Cause yeah, but we did, they did a really good job of like filling different roles. Like, yeah. I don't think Mia's ever played center field. Really? Not for me at least. I wow. mean, she's played the outfield and I've had her yeah. in right field before. Um, but when Sid and Layla went down, I mean, we brought up uh, Marissa Sharton for yeah. a little bit, but like Mia ultimately was our best option. Yeah. She's, she's fast she's i mean she's a junior she's knowledgeable about the game yeah. um and she thank god like that's i i'm happy with her there yeah and, and even joss like moving jocelyn to right field yeah and she plays that's obviously not her natural position but she i mean she did well like yeah. they did so well with like moving into different positions that like they didn't necessarily feel comfortable with right off the bat. Sure. Um, and then we moved Lexi to third base for a couple of games, gave Randall some time behind the plate. Cause cause I'm like, I don't know. I don't know who to put in third base. Right. I think Catherine played a little third base, um, but I needed Catherine at first. So it was just yeah. like a big puzzle. It was right. like an ongoing puzzle and they were just like here for the, the challenge. So, wow. So wow. thank God we stopped her in the hallway. Cause I needed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trying to remember exactly who that was, you know? So, yeah, the the when when a player of uh, uh, the caliber of Zoe and the person of Zoe is dealt a blow like um, she received, um, it really does add just a, a negative feeling to the you know I, I can't imagine how the girls felt. Yeah, and I, yeah, it was like I mean I can't imagine how Zoe felt. I mean yeah. I know like when she came in to like tell me she was just like bawling. Yeah, and. Like, I felt like I was like, holy crap, holy yeah. crap. <laughs> you're, you're probably like, please don't, you know, you don't want your face to reveal I know, too much. And I'm but like, it's, it's like, okay. I'm like yeah. trying to comfort her, but like thinking like, oh my gosh, like, I just can't believe that happened. Like, well, you know, this, the thing about Zoe that I just appreciate so much is how, um, a lot of athletes would have just stepped away, you know, and I've seen that I've seen athletes that, that have had a played a pivotal role on the team and then they have a season ending injury and then they stop showing up and they stop being present. They stop leading. They just, they go yeah. the opposite direction. And Zoe didn't, you know, yeah. I was so impressed with her leadership 
and so impressed with um, just her mindset because yeah. I know uh, that it's it's just such a difficult thing to deal with a season-ending injury yeah and it wasn't easy for her in the beginning I think she had a hard time coming to practice and she had a hard time going to games because like mentally she was like not okay like she was not over the fact that she wasn't going to be able to finish yeah um and so like you know her and I talked like we talked and there was but I was like you you have to be the biggest cheerleader yeah she 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 did did. wow she got I and I, I actually remember sending her a message after either I think I was our regional championship I was like just know that like your energy in the dugout and the way that you're interacting with the girls on the bench like doesn't go unnoticed yeah like we're so lucky yeah. to have you and she like hearted it or whatever Aww. so well and I and I, I I saw that you know I I just I have a soft spot in my heart for Zoe I think yeah. she's you know, such a wonderful young lady and I I would watch her um yeah, at the different games and just seeing her up front and leading and cheering it, you know, it's impressive for me. It was uh, a valuable lesson on how to, you know, demonstrate resiliency, yeah. you know, and her story's not over. She's got, that's what I kept telling her. I'm like, they're going to get you ready, ready yeah. for college. Yeah. And that's all we can hope for right now. Like you fill your role as, you know, being the best cheerleader for your teammates and they're going to get you ready to, to go play at roadie yep yep <laughs> absolutely so so you know we're um gonna kind of round third and head home here okay how do you I like that, that one you I like that, that. <laughs> what what for you personally are would you think what would you consider your your biggest kind of takeaway or lesson from this past season oh gosh um i think kind of like what you said like the resiliency like just being resilient and like how much it like pays off to mm-hmm. kind of like push through um, and, you know, preaching that to the girls and kind of, like I said, keeping them loose and keeping them energetic. Um, but really like playing as a team, like finding your role mm-hmm. was something that, or playing a role, whether it's you're here for this game or here for that game um, was a big theme for us. Like they were, you know, it was a big puzzle. We always joked, mm-hmm. like it's a puzzle that we're trying to put together, but like wherever you are, you have a role to fill. Yeah. Um, and so that, the big thing that we preached was like, do your job, play for each other and big things will happen. And that's kind of like what we kind of kept posting even through like, um, our playoff run that was like, do your job, play for each other, you know, things are going to happen. So I think they just kept playing for each other and hmm. they won a state title. <laughs> I, uh, I love that. Um, it's applicable in sport and it's applicable in, in real life. Yeah. Right. It's in, in every aspect. I mean, I, I even think about like on a personal level, my family, my family dynamic, right. I'm like looking at this. And I'm like, you know what, Mark, do your job. Yeah. Listen, you're playing for each other. And then guess what? Big things are going to happen. Yeah. I absolutely love that. Yeah. So is there a question that I haven't asked that you wish I would have? Um, I don't think so. We've covered a I lot. Mean, I would like to say that I did have a couple girls break records. That share them. They're going to be, they're going to be changing out some names on the, the records boards in okay. the hallway. So, um, Marley queen broke, um, her career, the career doubles record, which was previously held by Zoe. Okay. Wow. So, 
Zoe will still hold the career home runs record. Yeah. So we will not be removing her name. Um, but Marley does get to put her name up there for career doubles. Congrats, Marley. Um, and then Jocelyn Caffell broke single season doubles record. Wow. As well as tied most hits in a season. Really? Yes. That is awesome. So we have those two seniors that get to switch out some names on the on the records board. So yeah. I'm excited for them. Congrats, Jocelyn. Yeah, I mean I tell you what, you've got you you've got some pretty incredible seniors who are departing for the next chapter of their life. I know. You've got the majority of your team coming back next I know. year. We have seven juniors returning. Seven And they juniors. didn't even all start really. Yeah. Cause like Randall, I can't say enough good things about yeah. Randall boss. Yeah. Hands down. Like she's just the best kid ever, like willing to do anything and everything I asked wow. of her beginning of the year when we had like our meetings and I was like, you know, you know, Lexi is Lexi. Yeah. Like, you know, Lexi's going to, probably start for us behind the plate. And she's like, I just want to be part of the team. I'm happy being a bullpen catcher. Wow. She's, and I did, I was able to get her some innings behind the plate and some at bats, but like, I can't say enough good things. About her. Wow. That's um, but awesome. So she's not even a starter, but I'm like happy that she's coming back. Yeah. Um, so she's one of the seven. And then we still have, you know, Katie, Peyton, Lily. We have yeah. so many sophomores that like even Gabby, like that got into run, like yeah. that have had that experience yeah. at, that, at like, that caliber like in the tournament like getting into a game like you know the feeling so like it's not going to be a shock to them when they get back there yeah. hopefully yeah when we go back there next year <laughs> that that's day. right so that's that's you so know we have what? a huge group yes we're putting it on here we're putting it out there right we're that putting is it the, out in the universe the, the prediction yep we are uh uh, that's where my bed is going to be. It's going to land We're we're going to be, we're going to need back a, in there again. We just designed our championship ring yesterday with the seniors. Well, Emma's out of town, but the other three, and we were looking at some of the examples and it, one of them said back to back and they were like, Oh, I wish we got that. And I was like, next year, there you go. Next wow. year, the juniors can have a back to back. Wow. I, I, that's what I'm hoping and praying for, for sure. Yeah. So I, um, I'm very thankful that you sat down. You know what? This is this has been a long interview. You know, at the beginning of it, I told you that I wasn't sure what I was going to do for 59 and 60. I might be uh, just splitting this one in half. Into two. <laughs> I get two? <laughs> you get two. That's because I like to talk, I guess. I well, know. you know what? I, I, I want to wrap this up by thanking you for leading our kids in the building and outside the building. Um, I've told you before, and I'll tell you again, that I have just deep, deep respect for you and I watch on a daily basis the impact that you've been having on on just so many kids and I, I consider it a privilege and honor to work alongside of you in the building and then to watch you coach I absolutely love it I I wish I could jump as high as you do uh, and do it multiple times like you do during a game. Um, I, I'm going to see if I can find a couple good pictures to post of no. you you jumping in the air. But the, the the positive energy and the joy and the enthusiasm that you infuse back into the game it, it's so needed. Um, I I love coaching and I I you know I spent a significant amount of time just kind of studying and researching and observing coaching. And you are hands down one of the best I've ever watched, and um, and Thank I you. I love your joy, <laughs> and I think that your, uh, you know, your girls, your girls they stepped up, and they played incredible softball. Uh, I'm going to tell you they couldn't do this without having such an incredible coach behind them that loves and supports them and makes uh, 
make some pretty incredible decisions throughout <laughs> the season. So yeah. I congratulate you on being a state champion coach. How's that sound? I know. How's I it feel? To, like add it to my Twitter bio, I think. Uh, yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, you, yes, you do. But thank you. Thank so. you. That was sweet. Hey, listeners, thanks for checking this episode out. Um, sorry about the length. Sorry, but not sorry. <laughs> so uh, I hope you enjoyed this interview as much as I did, and we will see you uh, next season. We're going to be taking a little bit of a break, and then season five will begin in August. Have an incredible summer.